Well, friends, it's great to be with you again, as I said, and I love the verse that uh, Pastor has selected for this sermon in your uh, sermon series, that is, uh, We Are the Church, uh, and I've been reading about that. We are the church, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church, and I've listened to a couple of Pastor's messages and uh, how he's guiding you to understand what being the church of Jesus Christ is all about. And today, he asked me to talk about that it looks a lot like love. And I know last week he talked about that church is not just a place, but it is us as God's people. And that wherever we are deployed, wherever we go in our daily life, that the church of Jesus Christ is out into this world. And so as we, the church, move out into this world, it looks a, a lot like love. And here Jesus is confronted by not so loving people in our gospel today. Uh, the, the Sadducees had just gotten done grilling him about the resurrection. Um, and some are questioning his authority. And they're really trying to trip him up. So they're not all about love at all in these questions. And as we see in the gospel, a, a lawyer comes up and and he has some questions for Jesus. After Jesus silenced the Sadducees, it's like, okay, well, that didn't work. Uh, let's, let's try another game plan here to trip Jesus up. And he says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And you heard it said and read today, love, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second like it. You shall love the Lord your God yourself as yourself. Oh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And so I read that and I think, okay, the commandments. It's a commandment to love. And that is the principal focus of the words that Jesus gives about the greatest commandment. Love is in the middle of that. And so love is an action word that we should go about and endeavor to employ in our everyday life. So I ask you, friends, how are you doing with that today, these days? Are you loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Who's willing to be honest? All right, judging by the laughter, I, I understand in fact, I struggle with this too. Even as a pastor, yesterday we had a bridal shower for my son and his fiance, and I was tasked with picking up the cake. You know, let's, you know, we'll take care of everything else, Dad. You just pick up the cake at 11:30 and bring it to Palatine. I live in Algonquin. Bring it to Palatine. Okay, I got this. And and even before then, my wife's like, Oh, I forgot this. I forgot that. I forgot to bring the crock pot. Bring bring this bowl, bring these spoons. And okay, I got it. I'm being a good, loving husband, right? And I'm, yes, dear, got it, got it, got it. And so now it's time to go to Jewel. And I forgot the little receipt, you know, small, minor detail. And so I get up to the uh, cake place, cake counter, and, and somebody, oh, sir, can I help you? Yeah, I'm here to pick up the cake for Schilf. That's my last name. And I figure, you know, that's, that should be good enough, right? And so, okay, so the girl goes back to the, to the cake place behind the, the wall, and she comes out with this small round cake. And I'm like, wow, 
there's 40 people here uh, for this shower. I don't, she hands me the cake, and it says, happy birthday, Abigail. <laughs> I like, I think this is the wrong cake. You know, this, uh, this is uh, for a, a wedding shower. Oh, okay. And I said the last name, Schilf. You know, and so I took my mess, Schilf, you know, just so you understand. Okay, goes back. She's looking through all the trays, going this, and she's pulling out cakes, and up oh, she comes out with another round cake. Congratulations, Bill. I'm like, no, and she shows me the receipt. I said, oh, that last name is Wazanuski. I'm Schilf. Now I'm getting a little frustrated. And this is the point where I'm having a hard time remembering to love my neighbor as myself. And so I say, it's Schilf, S-C-H-I-L-F. Schilf, that's my, and now the ladies over there, they're like, oh man, this guy's, like, he's not happy. And so the poor girl's like rattled. And, and so I wasn't loving her. And then she's going back there and the, and the lady goes, oh, is this for Sam and Cootie? I go, yeah, Sam and Cootie, it's a bridal shower. Okay, and then she comes out with the big sheet cake. There it is, there it is. And she shows me the ticket and it says, Gwyn. That's my wife's first name. I said, oh, I'm so sorry here. I've been telling you, shilf, shilf, shilf. I've been getting upset. And here my wife put it for her first name. So I hear you, folks. I failed in loving my neighbor as myself, the poor cake girl. I mean, I just, I think I got to go back today and just maybe give her a cake or something. But <laughs> I have to make this right. So, yeah. Being the church, out in our community, in our community that, you know, is so busy. And don't we get caught up in the busyness too? I mean, I was so busy with the task and the doing and, you know, I'm just like running around in circles. I'm jumping through hurdles to do whatever my wife wants me to do to have this great bridal shower. And now I'm doing too much, you know. <laughs> but actually, it wasn't a whole lot. I had probably the least to do, and I'm just trying to check all the boxes to be a good, loving husband and, and to support my, my family and my son and his fiance and uh, my daughters and my wife putting on this great bridal shower, and I forgot to love the cake girl. I did. And so that's what happens to us. We think about how are we to approach life? And I don't know, I think we start complicating things. We get so focused on what we're doing that we forget and we go through life with blinders on. And as God brings people into our life, we miss these opportunities. I would call them divine appointments. And so we're trying to be flawless. We're trying to be perfect. And that's really what the, the lawyer was getting at Jesus. How do you be perfect? Which is the greatest commandment? Well, Jesus says, it's a little, it looks a little like love. And I remember that Beatles song. All you need is love. Wah, 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 wah. All you need is love. Love, love is all you need. Well, Beatles are talking about a worldly love. Jesus is talking about a divine love that um, is selfless, that is unconditional, and so how can we get past all of this 
seeking and complicating things. We have to seek Jesus, and we have to simplify things. We have to go back to ground zero. Uh, there's more to seek. The, the more we seek and the more Jesus will show up. Let me say that again. The more we seek the kingdom of God, the more Jesus will show up and help us to love. Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I know we live busy lives and we try and remember as good Christians in a daily basis to love God, love people. And, and we try, but we fail as much as we can. So let us seek Jesus and he will show us. And the more we seek Jesus, the more Jesus can do with us. That's when those divine appointments come in where God brings someone into our life and we've stripped off the blinders and we see him coming and we're like, ah, yes. And our attention is focused on them, loving them, caring for their need because they come to us with a need. So I encourage you, friends, stop running around. Start seeking the kingdom of God in your daily life. Peel back the blinders and get the peripheral vision out and see what Start watching what God is showing you each and every day in the middle of your daily routines. When I was in seminary, I went to seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I picked up my son, Ben. He was sitting in the back seat from school, and I'm driving along this kind of busy road, and I see this older lady walking down the side of the road. There were no sidewalks. And all of a sudden, she tumbles and takes a fall into the ditch, and I drove by, I'm like, oh my goodness. I go, Ben, we got to go back and help this lady out. So we turn the car around, and I pull over. And by this time, she's, she's kind of back up, and she's got a walker. And I'm like, ma'am, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I just I didn't see that little divot in the grass. And, and I'm like, are you all right? Yeah, I'm okay, I'm all right. And then God grabbed me. Thankfully, I had the blinders off that day. And I said, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to St. Such-and-Such Catholic Church. St. Charles Catholic Church, I think is what it is. Because I lived right across the street from there. I go, oh, we live right across the street. Do you want a ride? Oh, that would be nice. They're expecting me. I have to pick up some food and some things for my family. Oh, okay. So we'll take you over to, to the church. And so we pull over. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll go in there. I'll, you know, what are they going to give you? Oh, bags of groceries, things like this. Okay. So being the nice seminarian, you know, trying to, you know, do the right thing and love my neighbor, I go into the church and there's some nice ladies there. And I say, hi, I'm here to pick up Alice's, you know, groceries that she came to pick up. And they're like looking at me like, who are you, pal? And I thought, uh-oh, what's going on? I said, well, there's this lady, Alice, said that she was coming and you had some food for her and for her family. Well, thank the Lord God, they had their blinders off. They were ready to love their neighbor too. They scrambled, they found stuff, and they gave me a whole bunch of bags. And I was like, all right, I'm coming out. Hey, Alice, I got your groceries. And, and so she's sitting in the back seat and she's looking through it. And I'm, I'm feeling really good that I'm loving my neighbor. And she goes, well, there's no milk, and there's no meat. 
uh, okay, uh, is that what you were expecting? Well, yeah, there, there should be this. So, okay, I'll put the rest in the, in the trunk, go running back. Uh, Alice says she's looking for milk and meat. And she's like, I'm sorry, sir. This is all we got. We got like box foods and things like that. Okay. So go back to Alice. Now, love your neighbor, right? You think, you know, I'd be like, oh, she should be just so happy that I got her this stuff. Oh, I need milk and I need, you know, I need hamburger and this and that. And I'm like, hmm, hmm, boy, what am I got myself into? Trying to love my neighbor. And so God taps me on the shoulder and he goes, you live right over there. And you've got plenty of milk. You got a storage full of, freezer full of meat. All right, we're going to my house, Alice. Go over to my house, get get this, get that, and I got your stuff. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. And she was grateful. And so, where do you live, Alice? We got to take you back home. And so I take her back home, and she lives in an apartment. Son and I walk up the stairs, and we're like, we figured she lived alone, or I didn't know what. We open up the door, and there's a whole family of, like, adult people, like her kids, just hanging around. And we're like, hey, we got groceries. And they were like, oh, yeah, hey, thanks, man. And that was that. It was like so like not uh, illustrious, great thanks or nothing. So I'm like, okay, Ben, let's go. You know, that's what loving your neighbor is about sometimes. Being willing to go that extra step and not to do it for your own gain or your own glorification, but just to do it to help another person. And that's really what Jesus is saying. We were loving on Alice that day. That day I got it right. But God was working a lesson in me. Let me tell you that. So that's when we seek Jesus. And so now we have to love God. We've got to love people. And I took a little pages from, uh, I don't know if you've gone through this. This is called Joining Jesus on His Mission with Reverend Greg Finke. We worked with uh, Pastor Finke at Emmanuel. And he starts about loving God. And before we can love people, we have to hear from God. We have to get into his word. We have to open up the gospels and join in the crowds, get into the narrative and follow Jesus around and listen to him, watch him, wrestle with him as he is confronted or as he meets people. See how Jesus loves others over and above himself. You know, very often we get into devotions every day, and devotions are great, but it's like they've done all the work, the writer of the devotion. We just like read the devotion. All right, feel good, pray good. Maybe I checked off a scripture lesson. That's a great thing to do to seek God first. But then we should get into his word. We should spend time and just walk with Jesus. Because, friends, that's what he's doing with us out in our everyday life. He's walking with you. And he presents opportunities for you to love him and to love people. So as you get to know Jesus, open up his gospel. And, and don't worry about, well, I read 20 pages of the gospel today. Well, that's great. But how about you just take it bit by bit and absorb it, chew on it, Pray about it. 
Open your eyes, open your hearts, open your mind so that God can give you the strength to move forward in your day, to love him and love others. And then begin to recognize and respond to see what Jesus is telling you and showing you so that you can endeavor to love God and love people. Well, once you get strengthened by Jesus through his word and you get to see him in action, then we're ready to get out and to love people. What does that look like? It's like talking with people. We have to first talk with people in order to love them. Fred Rogers said, it's hard not to like someone once you know their story. We all have a story of our life. That once you meet people, it's great to hear their story and share your story. And that bonds us together. And as we hear God, as he says in Deuteronomy 6.4, I'll back up a little bit. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yes, hear Jesus. Let him speak to you. And as you talk with people, listen to them. And for some of us who aren't great talkers, it's okay because it's better to listen than to talk. Notice people around you. Notice their proximity. Have you ever looked at your neighbors and wondered why you live where you live, or why they live by you, or your coworkers, why they are situated by you. Have you opened up your mind, perhaps, to, to wonder and contemplate, Lord, why do you have me in this place today? Who will you bring to me? Who will I meet so that I can share the love of Jesus with them? So talk less and listen more. Bring and develop compassion of Jesus to people in this world. Jesus can do more with two people who are talking with each other than he can with two people who are successfully ignoring one another. And that's what uh, Pastor Finke said. And, you know, I had a neighbor next door. He was kind of a grumpy guy. His wife was really sweet. And, uh, you know, I always talked to the wife. And I was trying to talk to the husband. I, I would wave, hey, how you doing? And he wouldn't... You know, you know, give me one of those. And so, like, it became, I was getting obsessed with, like, loving my neighbor and, like, really trying to, like, make contact with him. And, uh, and my kids called him Mr. Wilson. Anybody know Dennis the Menace? <laughs> like, my kids were young, and they'd throw the ball, and, oh, I threw the ball into Mr. Wilson's yard. I'd go, Dad, will you help me get the ball? Yeah. Well, Mr. Wilson was kind of gruff. And so one day, Mr. Wilson and I are out there cutting our grass and, you know, going along. And, you know, he's over there, and we're in the front yard, and I, I give him a wave, and he's just down like this. Oh, my, he missed me there. Hmm. What am I going to do? I got to say hi to Mr. Wilson. So as it would happen, we're down the side line of the house, the property line. He's coming one way down the property line. I've got my mower coming down the property line. I'm like, we're going to meet, man. So we're going along, and I go, hey, how's it going? And he goes like this. And he goes, oh, hi. Oh, well, that didn't work too well. Well, it didn't happen until winter that year. He didn't have a snowblower or anything. It was a bad winter, and I happened to have one, and I went over. He's over there struggling, shoveling, and, and I came over with my thing, and I said, hey, let me do it. And he let me. And I thought, oh, here we go, a breakthrough. 
I got to love Mr. Wilson. So I, I did the rest of what he had done. And so I stopped the, the snowblower and we sat and talked for a little bit. And I found out that he was a school teacher of all things. <laughs> okay, this is, uh, I think he was a math teacher. But from that point on, there was that breakthrough. You know, sometimes people are difficult to love. Maybe you can equate to that. But don't give up just because they're difficult. Everybody has a story. And if you can ever find or let God provide an opportunity for you to stop and get to know and share your story, you can do amazing things when two people are talking to each other rather than successfully ignoring one another. And so when we talk with people and notice their proximity, then we can love others by doing good. You know, random acts of kindness. If you think in a heavenly perspective, they're not so random. God makes them happen. We, man, God's word says, man plans out his ways, but God establishes his steps. And unplanned good that we're trying to do, like me and my son with Alice, that was not unplanned. God brought us together to teach me a lesson and my son. My son watched all this. He was in fourth grade. And to help Alice, who was in need of help. So unplanned things are not so unplanned. And then just intentionally start looking for the good that you can do. Allow people also to do good for you. Isn't that the hard one? Allowing people to do good for you. As a pastor, people come up to me, oh, pastor, let me do that. Pastor, let me do that. Well, I'm a doer. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. This and that. I got it. And like, I'm trying to check the boxes, trying to be flawless, do this, trying to be the leader of the church. And they're like, pastor, I, I got this. And it's, I learned a lesson to step back and allow them to do good because that how, that's how God is using them to do, use their gifts, their abilities, and their talents and to show love to me in those situations. So when people want to do good for you, let them. And don't follow up by them doing good with you saying, okay, well, I got to do this for you. It's not an exchange. It's just say, thank you. Thank you for loving me. God will give you another opportunity to love them. So friends, you are embarking on an amazing thing, which you're probably already doing each and every day. And, and Pastor Tim is just focusing you on who you are as the church, as the body of Christ. And I pray that you would walk with Jesus, hear him, hear him how to love him and to love others, to open your eyes and your heart to see what he has around you, the people that he has placed in your lives so that you can do your very best to love God and to love others. You're going to have great days. You're going to have days where you fail. But God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He forgives us. He's forgiven me for not treating the cake girl so great. Now I got to ask her, will you forgive me? I didn't treat you so well. God gives us second chances, day in and day out, and for the primary purpose of growing his kingdom 
and bringing glory to his Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.